this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, this is new to this year. It's one of our interview episodes brought to us by Chip Midnight. Welcome back, Chip. Hey, thanks for having me. Another interview. Another interview. These are fun. We get to sprinkle these in uh, unannounced into the schedule. It's like it's like a little party favor that you weren't expecting. <laughs> You're like, oh, look at this. And all of a sudden, in the feed, all, all these cool interviews. And I like that we are covering a lot of ground with your interviews, Chip. Yes. We're not sticking to any particular you know, genre or, uh, you know, whether somebody has new music out or not. They're just, we're just kind of covering everything and getting really interesting stories from folks. So who did you chat with this time? So I talked to the lead singer of a band that when I was probably, I'm trying to think, the debut came out in 1990, 91. So I was probably 19, 20 years old. And I would sit in my Camaro Z28 with T-tops. Yes. And whoa, I would whoa, throw the- whoa. <laughs> Wait, you had actually had that? You really had a Camaro Z28 with T-tops? I had an 84 Camaro Z28 oh with T-tops. You son of a bitch. No, it was a it was a hand-me-down from my dad. My that, dad gave that, it to that, me. That, that doesn't Wait, matter. Do you have pictures of this? I uh, probably you guys know. I have pictures of everything. I'm sure <laughs> what I have color? pictures. So you got to uh, get those up red. on the Discord. By the way, folks, Patreon is how you get on the Discord and it's where you're going to see these Camaro pictures. <laughs> this is this is the good stuff right here. This is prime oh content. You can't get there out on the free internet. You got to go to our Patreon Discord internet. All right, back okay. to you, Chip. So I would throw the cassette in and I would sing along to this guy. But, uh, you know, when I, when I reveal who it is, anybody that knows the band knows it's impossible to replicate his voice. And <laughs> who I talked to was in the 90s, uh, he, he Americanized his first name uh, to Michael, but Millie, oh no. I know I've been practicing it. You can do it, Chip. <laughs> Millie Matijevich yes. from the band Steelheart. And the song that you may know is I'll Never Let You Go. And at the very end, he hits this note that I swear I blew my voice out <laughs> numerous times. And just for fun on the way home today, I, I, in my car with nobody listening, I tried to hit that note. And, ooh, man, I don't, I don't know how he does it. And he still does it. Really? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So completely fascinating to me is the band started off and they were called Red Alert. And Uh they started sometime in like the early 80s, probably like 1981. They were around for a decade almost before they got signed and before they put their first record out. Uh, I think a big part of that was probably because they lived in Connecticut. They didn't. I was going to ask where, where they were based. Yeah, they didn't do the Axl Rose or the Brett Michaels and, yeah. and get in a bus or a plane and fly to LA. They they spent a ton of time rehearsing, writing songs. Um, you know, Connecticut. I I actually lived in Connecticut around the, that time. I was I'm, I'm a few years younger, so I wasn't uh, 
aware of red alert or any of the any of the things that they were doing but um not a lot of places to play in connecticut so you know he does share a story that when they moved when they moved to la um scoring a record deal happened almost almost within minutes of stepping off a plane is is how quick it, it happened so it was a very fast fast deal for them so all they had to do is just leave a little earlier like because they were they were on the tail end right my memory yeah. serves of, of the sort of the pop hair metal explosion yeah the first record uh self-title came out in 1990 yeah and then um the second record which was the tangled rains tangled in rains tangled rains mm-hmm. um came out in 92 um i had forgotten about this but by 92 i was probably i was probably on my way out of the hair metal scene um but on october 31st 1992 after just finishing up a tour with great white steelheart was was asked to open for slaughter in i believe i want to say houston um somebody else can look that up but uh it was a one-off it was kind of playing with slaughter in the tour they they had done 50 dates with great white and during the set those lighting trusses that are on the side of the stage um uh, millie started to climb one and it was not secured to anything and a thousand pound lighting truss toppled over on top of him uh broke his nose broke his cheekbone i mean it it was a it was a mess i mean it was a it was a terrible terrible incident that happened i was looking it up to see if i could learn more about it and there's actually on youtube you can look it up and you can see it happen it's insane to watch um that effectively ended steelheart uh you know he was he was he was out of the pocket for months and months and months um he tells a story a little bit about it how uh you know I, I don't believe the band really did much to, to come around and see how he was doing kind of thing. And he didn't feel like there was a ton of support. And that was the end of the steel heart that we know um, after he sort of recovered and, and got back up on his feet. Uh, he, he put out a record in under the steel heart name in 96. And there's been a couple of records since then. Uh, we also talk about, and I don't know if you guys know this little trivia fact um, for those of you who saw the movie Rockstar, uh he was the voice behind mark Wahlberg's character so what mm-hmm. you heard now again come on you're talking to some nerds here we knew that that's true <laughs> uh that movie i think came out in 2001 ish maybe yeah um, so it was it was after you know the hair metal heyday and again i i don't know how much attention i was paying to this you'll hear in the interview he does say that at the time he was sort of under this um I don't want to say an NDA or anything, but uh, he was told that he was not permitted to talk about him being the voice. So, because I asked him if he saw Steelheart's catalog picking up steam once people realized it, and he said that he wasn't allowed to talk about it. Oh, so. yeah. Interesting. I, I think if we didn't go opening weekend, we went like, we were, saw that in the theater. I remember being in the theater uh, with like Keith and you and maybe Courtney and Wendy were there, but we, we saw that movie in the theater here in Columbus. A, a couple of sorry a couple of things um you know you'll obviously hear this in the interview to pay attention to is um he did a short not a short thing he did a, a, some touring uh with the doors um performing jim morrison's part um really yeah i think around this around the time Ian asbury did it too yeah i think around 2010 is is if i remember correctly and then he also did some auditioning for a couple bands that uh he did not end up getting the gig but a couple bands that um you guys would recognize uh 
Velvet Revolver and Stone Temple Pilots. He talks about those. Awesome. And Steelheart. So he he lived in he lived in Korea for a while. Was on TV there. Put out some songs there. He's kind of been this world traveler. Um, most recently, he just released a song called Trust in Love. Um, under the Steelheart name, he's recorded it in, I believe he said something like eight different languages and his goal is to do it in like 10 languages. Um, he really sees this as a song kind of to unite people under the, the umbrella of love, it, you know, got this, this outlook on life that that's what we all need in our lives with all the different things that are going around the world and politics around society, around everything. It's just, um, you know, if we can all kind of find this root thing to, to get behind and that being love, that that is, um, you know, would, would be a good thing. So that's what he is currently promoting. He's got, he, when I say he, Steelheart has some, some one-off kind of fly-in dates this summer and they're working on some, some music um, or working on some re-recordings and, and reissuing some stuff that kind of celebrates some anniversaries of some of the early Steelheart stuff. So that's all coming down the, down the road. Maybe a pumpkin festival somewhere or a, a some um, sort of a gourd festival. Yes, uh, in, in the fall. Well, no, no, no. In 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 Ohio, yes, in July, uh, they are playing Picktown Palooza night Picktown one, Palooza. and they are playing with Winger. That is July thirteenth, July twelfth, July thirteenth. So if you're in the Columbus, Ohio area, you can come see Steelheart. And again, you can hear him hit those notes, which uh, you know, I'm shocked he can do, but but he yeah. can still hit that. He can still hit those notes. So not only was he the voice in Rockstar, I, I didn't, maybe I knew at the time, but I didn't realize that that song, We All Die Young, which is featured in the movie predominantly, oh, yeah. is actually a Steelheart song. Yeah, yeah. I think that was on the 96 release. Yeah. I think. Nice. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, checking this one out, Chip. And I'm sure uh, with all that lead in, everybody else is too. So thanks. For another interview, and uh, let's uh, let's listen to your chat with the gentleman who I cannot pronounce, uh, Michael from Steelheart. Just to get things started, uh, Steelheart or Red Alert was a band for like almost a decade before you got signed. Is that right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was pathetic. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. So it was crazy because Steelheart. We, I mean, uh, it was it was like painstaking. Man, we were uh, we were in the studio rehearsing like for centuries. You know yeah. what I mean? And trying to get signed, and then we'd have these some of these showcases, and these hot shots would show show up. And um, so anyway, and we would do these like um, uh, little showcases. And I'll never, I'll never forget. I forgot who it was. Was it uh, Warner Brothers or somebody came down? 
And this hot shot, cocky hot shot, and our guy was like, "Oh, you guys need to, oh, you're, you need to develop more. You need to do this." I'm like, oh, "Man, fuck you," you know, yeah. straight up. And it wasn't literally, I swear, it wasn't literally a month later until I met my manager in LA, and we were signed to MCA Universal. Literally a month and a half after that. Yeah. So it's like, you know. It just goes to show you that people, uh, you know, they all, everyone has opinions or they just miss out on opportunities, you know, when they don't see it. But the band was together for literally we were rehearsing for about, yeah, about 10 years. I mean, it was like crazy. I mean, it was just we're sitting there going, really? I mean, we're watching, the, you know, the 80s slowly drift by. And it's like, and finally, it's like, you know, towards the tail end, we caught it. I mean, could you imagine if Steelheart? caught it at 19 like 86 right or something you know what i mean 85 yeah. i mean i think i feel i feel the band would be a lot bigger than it is now you know yeah but um but it is what it is it's life you know yep. and we move forward so you're about six or seven years older than me so i can't really speak too well about this but uh connecticut doesn't seem to be a hotbed of music um a music community. I, I lived in, when I was in elementary school, I lived in New Canaan. So I'm, oh, I have okay. some, some vague memories of Connecticut, but not really, uh, you know, we moved when I was 11. So I remember bits and I remember like Bradley's and Caldor's uh, shopping places. Yeah. And, well, um, New Canaan, New Canaan is a really nice place. You know, New Canaan yeah. is a, it's a beautiful place for raising families. And it's just a really posh area, you know, New Canaan, uh, Greenwich, uh, Stanford, you know, they're all really posh areas where a lot of very wealthy people live and CEOs from New York, they go to work in New York, you know, so and it, it's a short commute. But uh, no, it's not for musicians. Um, interestingly enough that we came out of there, you know, yeah. the only other so. band I remember hearing about from Connecticut um, was Liege, Liege Lord, Liege Lord, Liege Lord. Liege Lord. Yeah. yeah, they're all bros. Yeah, we, I mean, I know those guys. And then and also what was the other one? Um, uh, where we snagged Frank out of the band, the rhythm guitar player, uh, uh, Angels. Uh, what is it? It's, it's something of Angels. Um, I forgot the name of the band. Yeah, but it was my. They were all friends, and actually, I stole John, the drummer, and I stole Frank out of that band. I was like, you know what? You guys come with us. <laughs> nice. So, were you just yeah. rehearsing, or were you playing shows? We were rehearsing. We were writing. You know, yeah. we were writing. And we were um, doing some shows here and there, like some clubs, you know, it's just, there's just nowhere to play, you know? Right. I mean, I remember we played one, we played at a strip club. I remember down in Stanford, what's it called? Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about? No, I was, I was a, way too young at that oh, time. <laughs> okay. well, anyway, but there's a strip club in Stanford. And it's like, I remember Red Alert. There's actually, I think there's some live videos on YouTube oh. that you can see us playing. A strip club. I mean, you gotta yeah. be kidding me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it is what it is. So, so you you moved to LA and, and then get signed, or you got signed and then moved to LA? Um, got signed and moved to LA. So what? What the way it happened was, um, back in, um, well, w one day I just got completely pissed off, and we had this demo tape of four songs, and I said, you know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm out of. I'm going. To, I'm going to California to become a star. And literally, I'm having dinner with my uh, parents one night, and um, 
And my father had really broken English like this. And he said, so what are you doing with your life? Yeah, what are you doing? And I said, you know, Friday, I'm going to LA, to Hollywood, to become a star. And he goes, do it. Do it. Don't talk about it. Do it. I was like, I'm doing it. It's happening. And crazy enough, we went to LA. And uh, me, uh, my friend John, who became later my tour manager, and Jimmy, and um, and I was meeting this uh, this other drummer that we were testing out, and um, he was a, uh, um, and he said he goes, hey, there's there's this big manager that's going to be at a at this big producer's house that I know. You should meet them. So great, absolutely. So that was my main focus going there, you know. So I went up to this um, to the guy's apartment, this producer guy, and I played him Angel Eyes. As soon as he heard Angel Eyes, it was like. Mm, maybe we should change this. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Maybe if we cut this, he goes, and then I say, he goes, no, it's finished, isn't it? I go, yeah, it's done. Then he listens to another song. Wow, this is done too, isn't it? And then there's another one. He goes, this is just, this, this doesn't need a producer. This is finished. I go, yeah. You know? And um, so then Stan comes up, this manager, tan, gold chain, you know, uh, nice Jewish man from the Upper East Side, you know? Yeah, and and um, you know, I forgot the producer's name. He, he was the guy who did uh, Sheriff and some other big bands. Mm. I forgot his name. Anyway, long story short, he goes, uh, "Hey Stan, you should really listen to this this kid's demo." And he goes, "You ready? I can't listen to anything anymore. I got too much. I got too many fans. I can't do it. I got. I, I just can't do it. You look great. I'm sure you sound great. I just can't do it." Yeah, uh, he goes. You really need to listen to this. And he goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Here's my address in New York, my office. Send me the tape, and I'll have a listen. I was like, great. And this was on a Monday. I, and he's leaving that afternoon back to New York. I immediately, as soon as I left, left the meeting there, I went right to FedEx, and I FedExed the tape, right? And I FedExed it. So he came to New York to his office tomorrow, like Tuesday, and there was the tape. You know, I didn't even get home yet. And I yeah. was in flight. And he leaves a message up. He leaves a message on my phone. He didn't even get halfway through the song. Okay. He was on the second chorus. He goes, You fucking prick. You're right. It's that good. Call me. We need to talk. Went into New York on Thursday for a meeting with him. We had a verbal agreement. He called me Friday afternoon. He goes, you ready? You're on MCA Universal Records. That's it. It's over. You're good. You're done. Have a good weekend. Boom. <laughs> and it, literally like that. Yeah. So, you know, when, you know, when people, it, it's true. No one knows what it takes for an artist to become famous right. or to become when it's their time. They think that it's overnight. It is overnight, but it's years of preparation and work before that so were you guys i mean sounds like you were fully prepared was the rest of the band really like that that happened so we were so rehearsed we were so rehearsed so so like we went into when we flew out to la to record the album mark opitz uh who was a producer who i loved by the way he was fantastic and i just i just found out he passed away and I, it blew my mind because I spoke to him not long ago for working with him on another project. 
Yeah. And Mark did ACDC, NXS, uh, uh, the vinyls. I mean, just really talented producer. And we came in and he just said, we had, we had a, IR, a SIR book, I think, for about eight days to go through all the songs, cut, you know, really get it worked out. We were there the first day and went through all the songs and went through the whole thing. And it's like, it's done. Yeah. There are no changes. There's, it was finished. I mean, I worked my ass off, you know, putting that record together. The demo, I mean, it needed to be recorded properly, but it was done. The arrangements, the vibe, the energy was finished. And uh, we went in and we knocked that shit out, man. It, it came out. I mean, really, it was just, it's, it was magic. Yeah. yeah. How long from the finish of that recording to actually street date? Do you remember? Yeah, that was that was a tough one too, because what happened, we finished the album and then we we're sitting around waiting for Universal to release the record. And they were just I think they were just working on a lot of other projects and we were like the last thing on their mind. It was really it was nerve wracking. You know what I mean? After all this time, and now we did this record. Now they own the record, and, and they, they just may throw it up on the shelf. You know. So what happened is that um, uh, this this uh, DJ in Japan, Masaito, who was a very influential uh, DJ at, at that time, and um, he played "She's Gone." And the first time he played "She's Gone," he had over two and a half thousand phone calls into the station the band blew up i mean literally i went there for um i didn't know anything about this my manager didn't tell me and we we went for a first a preliminary for the first week just uh, for some interviews he goes oh we're just going to go there for interviews to do some press get some going well when i stepped off the plane i mean it was like you think michael jackson walked off it was like literally hundreds of people waiting for him. I was yeah. like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? You know, I wasn't ready for that. I was like, whoa, it totally freaked me out, you know, and um, did some great interviews. And we were there, I don't know, maybe a month later with the whole band. And we did our first uh, Asian tour. And uh, the first show was NHK Hall. Sold out. All the shows sold out. It was like, it was... Uh, it was really intense because it was 10, 11 years of working your whole, in, in your whole life, you know, knowing you need to be there and knowing you're this person and this singer and this vibe. And, and then all of that leads up not to a club show, it leads to like a major show, you know. And I'll never forget it because. When I finished the um, the show, which is you can still get it on live DVD, actually. Oh wow! That's the first concert. That's your first show. That was first concert, NHK Hall, Tokyo. I um, I couldn't even walk down to my dressing room. I had to sit down at the stage with an oxygen mask on because the amount of energy that came through me, the fire. And uh, it was just, I don't know what happened. It was yeah. just like, okay, I got such a headache, you know, it just, it's just life, you know? Yeah. 
but um and then you yeah. come back you come back to the u.s and do you wind up playing like tuesday nights in front of 10 people no no uh we come back to the u.s and then universal just goes oh shit they blew up in a they blew up in asia and we're not doing anything so they're like we better get cracking so then they jumped on and then a another dj in salt lake city okay started playing angel eyes i'll never let you go and he started playing it at midnight you know and people were just calling in who's this what is this we love this we love this there's a boom boom little by little it got to the day 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 and another station picked it up another station picked another and it just went you know just exploded and uh and then we did that video and the video went to number two, I believe on MTV. It was a big deal. And, sure. uh, you know, it just grew from there. Yeah. I mean, I, the MTV and metal edge magazine were where I learned about everything. Right. Right. And that yeah. was, that, that was amazing then, you know, that's cool. I, I, I cannot believe that Netflix doesn't do videos. They right. should do videos. They should do music videos. Yeah, for without sure. a doubt. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, actually, I'm gonna present this music video that I just did for Trust and Love. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. It, you, you, it, I, I, well, I've seen you've done you've done multiple versions of it, right? Like I, I've seen the uh, the um, English speaking version, but you've done in different languages. Yeah. And... Well, there's there's two videos. There's the English video, and then there's the Korean version video. Okay. Okay. But I sang it in ten languages. Okay. So we're gonna release the rest of them. Now we're we're just preparing. We got we're just organizing. We're promoting the English version, right. and then we'll put out the Chinese probably is next, and then um, or the Italian, you know, the Italian, Portuguese, Spanish, Hindi, uh, Japanese, Russian. I did do it in Russian. Um, they could use they could use this song too, you know. For sure. Sure. um chinese english uh korean and uh what did i miss um i don't know and i still have to finish uh, french german and um i'd like to do arabic yeah so i'll just keep going doesn't matter you know what i mean yeah yeah so so do you remember um like the picture that i showed you i don't remember who you were on tour with you, you toured pretty extensively after the first record was it headlining dates or were they opening dates or a combination of the two it was a combination. I think, I think when we saw you it was either we did a tour with Lynch Mob yep. or with or with uh, Great White. It was Lynch Mob because I sure. I have other pictures that are I'm wearing the same thing, so it had to have been Lynch Mob. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Lynch Mob was um, what do you call it? That was a great tour. Man, yeah. I had a good time with that. That was so much fun. Yeah. When you moved out to LA, when this all was blowing up, who, who did you consider certain bands to be your your peers, contemporaries? I mean, there was a whole, you know, that whole genre of music. There was everything from, uh, uh, I don't know, from just from a popularity level, like Trickster to Def Leppard and everything in between. Right? Not, not that Trickster wasn't that popular, but um, were there certain bands that you found yourself gravitating to as friends or as fans or or that kind of thing? Um, you know, I, I was friends a little bit for a little while with, um, yeah, with, um, uh, Eddie Van Halen, you know, we hung out quite a bit, but that was later. Actually, that was later, not during yeah. the eighties. Um, but, um, no, I was really to myself, you know, I was, I was, yeah. 
and I'm still am. I'm still crazy. I'm like, I'm this. Last night I had a a really nice meeting with a famous producer. I'm gonna work a bit on some stuff, and and he's naming all these names. I'm going, <laughs> and it's like, sorry, man. The reason I have all these songs is because I'm in I'm in the hole, you know, yeah. you know, working all the time, you know, creating music, and and um, I, I I feel you know being too social it takes a lot out of me. You know, going out and you got to go out and you got to party and you got it's like uh, it's too much. I don't get anything done, you know, so um, I've never been one of those kind of guys. But I do, you know, I never really hung out with all the rock stars. Yeah, I know. Them. I know, them, you know. Um, so I'm obviously I'm not a musician, uh, so I don't know this. But but um, when you were starting out, were you were you looking into the future? Were you? thinking i better save some of this money that i'm making i better think about where i'm going to be 10 years or was it live fast every day and and see what happens you know in this business you can try to do whatever you can but it will always spin you you know um how can i say this uh well look i mean here i am we're we're jamming we're touring the world we're, i mean we're at the top of the world bosses things fucking cars, whatever, everything. And then what? One night, Denver Arena, boom, the lighting truss falls on your head. Okay? And what happens? You lose everything. You know, right. overnight, I mean, it felt like overnight I was sleeping on a futon. I'm like, what the? What, what is this? You know, overnight, boom. But I think, you know, for my journey, that wasn't just a, it was more of a building process, I feel. you know. I lost all my money. I lost everything. My my family, and 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 it's not because of drugs, because I never was into drugs. I never was into the alcohol. You know, of course I'll get a buzz on, but I'll never. You'll never see me drunk. Sure. You know, I was always always took care of myself. You know, never smoke. Now I'd love a cigar and a scotch once in a while, <laughs> but I got it in moderation. Sure. And um, yeah, man, and um. It just, uh, I, I feel like for me, it felt like I needed more. I didn't feel like, I just didn't feel like being where I was with Steelheart at that time was enough. It felt like, because I was on the bus coming, going to Colorado. And I'll never forget it, just thinking I'm going, I'm seeing everybody's on the bus. They're all wasted. And this has happened. The chicks, and it's just like, is this it? This is this is the big time. This is it. I'm like, I need more. I gotta do something great. I gotta do something more. Music, but I gotta do something better. And um, that's when the accident happened. The next night. Oh wow. You know? And um, and I feel I feel it built me to another level of information that I received and just the man and the the will and the belief in myself to keep going. You know, I feel I just didn't do it for myself. I felt like I did it for, I had to do it, even to help other people believe in themselves and to keep going that you can have, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I will say this. If I ever show up at the, the Grammy podium, <laughs> and, you know, the first thing I would say, don't try to sit home <laughs> because <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, after the accident, I mean, that essentially ended 
Steelheart, right? Yeah, that 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 was it. I was is that was that I was in bed for seven months. I couldn't blink, you know, because I had injury, and and I just didn't feel the vibe from the band. I really didn't feel the love. It was just kind of weird, you know. And I was like, you know, I'm done. Enough of this, you know. Yeah. And I think it's time for me to go solo. And um, and it was that was it was a it was a shock to everybody. Kind of like freaked everybody out. It, it and I understand, but I, you know, being sick, being in in you know, laid out like that. I, I just felt like I would have, I, I would have liked a little more from the guys. You know sure. what I mean? And I just didn't get it. So, you know, but that snowballed, you know, everything for me too. I mean, it just snowballed down worse and worse and worse. I don't know why, but I just, everything just went, every time I took one step forward, I went three steps back, you know, and I had to keep going. And then, um, Made the weight record. Great record. That's what the song We All Die Young is on, mm-hmm. which we're going to be re-releasing now for the 30th. And, um, you know, great record. And in the middle of the record, the uh, my my best buddy, the vice president of Universal, just said, hey, I'm leaving the company. Uh, you know what that does to an artist? Yeah. You know? It's like, and then, uh, you know, another guy picks up and sure enough, they dropped the band, you know, and it was, uh, you know, that was tough. So then it was like starting from scratch again, you know, rebuilding and, and out of nowhere, I, I did uh, some big shows, but then I went and did, um, the movie Rockstar, right. You know, Tom Worman called me out of the blue one day and he goes, Hey, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm in Connecticut. I'm going coming back to LA tomorrow, and I got to put a band together. I got to get my shit together. And he goes, Well, you know, let me know. I'm doing this movie, this pretty big movie, and there's going to be some heavy hitters on it. I was thinking maybe you want to audition because they need a really good singer to do Mark's parts. And uh, would you want to audition? I go, Sure. I flew in at 11:30. I was in a studio too. Three o'clock, I finished singing. Three thirty, they call me. You got the gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boom, and here we go again. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, did because of the accident, because of the time that you were recovering, uh, were you even aware of the world around you and like the grunge and Nirvana and that stuff? Or semi, I learned how to learn it all after, more or less. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was, I was is such a fog. And, and, um, you know, I didn't know all the grunge was happening. I liked some of it, didn't like all of it, honestly, you know, um, but, um, uh, but I, I was definitely, I was in a fog. I lost memory. I, I yeah. mean, I was just, it took me years to, you know, come back and wake up, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah. So did, did Rockstar bring back Steelheart fans or did you find new fans because of that people connecting and, and well, a little bit of both because I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Yeah. And you know, I'm not quite sure if I still am, but <laughs> I really don't, you know, every, everybody knows. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like I'm telling them it's all over Wikipedia. It's everywhere. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't allowed to talk about it. Okay. So that really sucked. Oh I'll yeah. 
you know, I mean, being at the forum and watching Mark sing and hey, we all die. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> and the audience is losing their shit, you know. Yeah. But you know, hey, that's the movies. Yeah. You know what oh. I mean? And we have to, you know, it's all about the sale and the vibe and the mystique. But on a good note, the band Steel Dragon. So we were using my song We All Die Young. Yeah. And that was going to single. And they would made a video for it. And it was going to uh, radio. And they put a ton of promotion behind it. They were, I really feel it would have been, it may have actually been a number one song. It could have been a number one, you know? And um, then 9-11 happened. So the first week it went out, it was number two in the box office. And that week the song is being, is going out on like a Wednesday. It's going to be all over radio. On Tuesday, I think Tuesday, 9-11 happened. And then George Bush said, nothing with blood, nothing would die, nothing on the radio. Killed the song, (laughs) killed the mood, killed the song, killed the mood. Here I go again. Boom. Four steps back. You know what I mean? So not only that, I didn't get any promotion out of it. I didn't get the song out there, you know? It's like, fuck me. You know, but... um, Hey, again, what do you do? You put an H on a handle and keep going or, or go home. Yeah. What do you want to do? You know? Yeah. So the one thing that really, um, you stood apart, I mean, I mean, your vocals are just, I, 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 you know, blew my voice out in my car many times trying to sing along and not even getting anywhere close. Um, I saw the Eagles last night and the Eagles don't sing very high. And so they've been able, like, they still sound the same 40 years later, but when, when you were making the first record and I'll never let you go, did you ever imagine that, what was that 30 years ago that you'd still be singing that song and having to hit those notes or were you just like a kid and just like, I'm just going to go for it all now. Never thinking that yeah. here we'd be. And you'd have to replicate that 30 years later. Um, well, I, I kind of did. I kind of, I, I always did, but I didn't think of it at that time also, you know, but um you know, it was like, um, what's his name from ACDC, um, the singer? Oh, my brain just stopped. Um, Brian Johnson uh, or Don Scott? Brian, uh, Brian Johnson. Yeah. He said he was on the interview. He goes, he goes, oh, man, fuck. He goes, I'm singing. I'm singing. It's like, I think I had to do this now <laughs> at this age. <laughs> he goes, there's a lot of work, you know. And, you know, it's it, it, with me. The more I sing, the easier it gets. Really? Yeah. If I could sing every day, and I try to rehearse a lot, even by myself, I hate rehearsing by myself, one of first and foremost. And I have so much shit going on all, all day that, you know, building Seahawk Records, building my the promotion, doing this, making videos. and this. So it takes a lot of energy not just singing, you know, but if I can just go back to waking up every day, cup of coffee and playing piano, you know, at the, in the morning, do my exercise and go and rehearse and sing, oh, it just, it's, it's a risk. It's, it's like, it's a, it's something that is always there. You got to respect it. 
you can't abuse it. And if you keep working it, and as you get older, I mean, of course, you got to shift a little bit differently. You know, you got to find different ways to how you're going to hit these notes. How is your voice going to open? You know what I mean? So, and it's always, that's just life, you know, just what it is. So. I was watching some YouTube clips and I, and I love you sort of, you sort of pause before you hit that final note when you play live. And I'm sure like the whole oh. crowd is like, is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? And then, oh, and then yeah. you deliver on it, which is, uh, <laughs> yeah, they all, yeah. I mean, they used to have bets in, in the bathroom. <laughs> um, is he going to do it? He's going to do this. The, the, um, the, uh, the tour that we did with great way, I think it was, it was a really fun tour every single night the band would be up on stage or on the balcony or whatever going. Ah, he did it again. <laughs> Were there any nights that you didn't, yeah. that you didn't hit it? No, of course. No, I said, I did hit it. Of course I hit it. No, 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 never, never, yeah. never. God's got, <laughs> and I, I thank you. Thank you. And you know, it's all about energy and it's all about rehearsing. Yeah. Listen, I, I rehearse like, the one thing I can't stand is like when we do these spot dates, I hate it because you get in there, you work, you warm up, you work towards it, you do this great show. And then I sit home again. It's like, then you cool down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to keep it up. Keep it always on that, that, you know, got to keep the chops up. Yeah. And then sure. it gets easier. It gets easier for me. So I do want to touch on, you came out of the nineties and did like, I was reading, you got into like Korean television in the two thousands. Was that, is that right? Oh yeah. And I did a lot of work in Korea. Um, so she's gone is still the number one karaoke song since 1989 today. Wow. And that is one of those things. If you can sing it as a male, <laughs> you're probably getting laid. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, I know it's crazy, but it's true. Yeah. And it is um, very popular. I did um, uh, several um, scores for um, songs for uh, TV series and movies over there. Uh, I sang in Korean. I did um, the King of Mass Singers, which they brought here uh, now. But that started in Korea. And I was the first international artist ever to do it in Korea. Mm. And I sang in Korean. I sang two songs in Korean and one in English. And I couldn't actually win because I needed to know one more Korean song. I couldn't learn three Korean <laughs> songs in a month and a half. Right. I mean, the enunciation and to, you know, to do it, to do it to a point where people can't tell if you're, you know, a, uh, a foreigner. Right. Right. So anyway, so Korea has been a big, um, a big, um, uh, how would I say, um, beautiful space for Steelheart. You know, the people accepted, uh, the Korean people accepted uh, the band, the, the music, me. And, um, and that's what led me to, uh, I, I wrote originally the song Trust and Love for the Korean Peninsula to put them together. Because I think it's crazy that they're, uh, they are apart. I think, um, you know, watching news and watching the, the, the trafficking, the, the children's trafficking, it, it's just ludicrous for me. Right. And, you know, and the constant anger and the threats, it is just doesn't make sense. So, and not only that, I just feel like if they can come together, I feel like the world will come together. 
they have to hold some sort of a really big power, you know, for sure. You know, it's such a fight. If that can be put together, I, I feel the rest of the world will be like, okay, well, if they can do this, we can do this. However, as I'm writing the song, you know, the song got bigger and bigger. And I'm like, going, whoa, this is, this is, this is a world, world song where I originally in my mind, I was thinking of the world as well. Right. And, um, and it developed into like, I hope it catches as a world anthem. Yeah. That's what I would love it to be. And that was my gift. I mean, I, I paid for the video, I paid for the production. I mean, I pay for everything, sure. all my shit. It's ludicrous. I mean, I'll be at 7-Eleven soon, but you know, <laughs> right. this is what I'm talking about. You save the money and then what happens? Oh, let me write a song for the world. Okay. It needs <laughs> a video, it needs promotion, it needs... It's, it's insane. Because if yeah. you make, you know, you make a video and no one knows about it, what's the, what difference is that, you know? Yeah. So. so I was uh, perusing the Wikipedia page and I did not know that you, you did some stuff with the doors. I was the front man for the doors for two major tours. Wow. I, I also wrote some songs with Robbie. Yeah. And uh, actually yesterday I had a meeting for this movie that's being made in September. Um, they want to use trust and love. They want to, I'll be in the movie as an oh, actor wow. and, and, uh, and they want to use one of the songs that uh, Robbie and I wrote. That's so, great. Who knows? Anything can happen. Yeah. Maybe I'm on the upswing now. Maybe it'll <laughs> stay. Maybe it'll keep going. No more. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. More down. Yeah. Had you had had you considered or had you had offers or anything else to join other bands in the in the last 10, 20 years? I did absolutely, and um, I turned down. Uh, I don't know if I should name any names, but I turned two major after the Doors. After the doors, there was another two other bands asked me to join, and I just it just they were famous, but not like the doors. Sure, you know, I I was in a space. I'm I'm in a space like, well, why would I want to join that and build your band? Why wouldn't I just build Steelheart? Right. You know what I mean? And and who knows? Maybe I should have went one of them for a while and then went back to the art you know what i mean yeah i don't know uh but at that time it didn't feel right yeah. you know but um i did i did work with um uh slash with velvet revolver i did like four songs we did demos with them oh wow um and then scott jumped in and as it was like uh then okay that was uh what do you call it uh of course he had a bigger name so sure yeah yeah but I sang the shit out of it. No way, <laughs> fans of butts. No way, fans of butts. Yeah, the same sure. thing happened with it, with STP. I mean, I did three songs and it sounds fucking great. Yeah. I mean, like legit. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but um, I so, was I was I was felt I should have been in Van Halen, honestly. And I met with Eddie and I hung out with Eddie like a lot. Yeah, you know, we got some stories, and um, but I think uh, you know him going with uh, Dave on that last tours was the right move. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I kind of, I kind of pushed that too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't. So, so, uh, so what do you what do you have? Uh, what are the plans for Steelheart coming up? I know 
you were talking about one-off dates and I know that you're playing in Ohio uh, with winger on a one-off date. Um, but, but are you hoping to get back more, more out on the road? Are you going to write and record new music? What is, what is, no, no, it's, it's right now, right now with the main focus is this, I have two songs to finish one and a half. So, so the Seahawk 30th, you know, was supposed to be last year, but Hey, you know, uh, just a lot of come on pandemic. I'm doing, I'm directing videos and I'm used to all those dancers. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, bells and whistles, all kinds of shit going on. Just not enough hours in a day. But um, I have recorded uh, She's Gone with just vocals, piano, and a 40 piece orchestra. Wow. And Mama Don't You Cry, the vocals, piano, 40 piece orchestra. We did uh, Trust and Love with the 40 piece as well. And then um, uh, we did Everybody Loves Eileen, full band, rock and, you know, like almost like the original, a little different. Yeah. And then we did, um, and I'll Never Let You Go, Angel Eyes as a duet. Oh, wow. It's just acoustic guitar and vocal. And I need to, it's close. I'm really close to finishing those two songs. I'm trying to finish it by the end of April. Um. But I was just asked to sing something for um, trafficking against trafficking as well, singing a, um, a another song for another album for a big producer. So, yeah, you know, it's, things just come in all the time, and and that's what's happening there. As far as performances, absolutely, we want we're doing live shows. Uh, looks like Asia is starting to open up now. We got some offers, and um, I'm maybe going to Europe as well. So the idea is to perform and to promote trust and love. Right. And then the Steelheart 30th album. Yeah. That's the key this year. No more writing. Do not let me get into the studio <laughs> right anymore. I'm not allowed. Okay. There's yeah, too yeah. many songs, <laughs> you know? So with, the, with this touring 30 years later, are there, are there bands now that you, you find yourself playing these one-off dates with? Um, like I said, you're playing with winger here. I don't know if winger is a regular tour partner of yours or if you're playing with slaughter yeah, we, great white yeah we do yeah we do several shows with uh winger we do slaughter we do uh we'll do shows with warren we'll do shows with firehouse um well uh that's been kind of our you yeah. know those things and then the big festivals yeah. you know that we do all yeah. over the world so going back real quick to the you know you said getting like having time off between shows and whatever you, you're touring now um you probably do what are you doing like seven eight songs something like that is that what a set list looks like now no it's it, it comes about it comes about 10 songs okay you know okay. we do we, we try to squeeze in depends if we have an hour if we're headlining we'll do you know we'll do 12 13 okay. 14 whatever but um if we're um you know we're opening it's uh we come in we come in fucking hard and, yeah. have fun and we blow out you know it's like all right well knock yourself out whoever's up next yeah you know yeah so awesome well i think uh i think i've i've gotten enough out of you from the 90s and the current time and and future hopefully so uh anything else you want to throw in uh you know i just i would like to throw in you know if you can check on on the steel hearts uh, facebook instagram face and steelheart.com you know, I started this little uh, movement with little kids and it's growing. 
And it's basically what they're doing is they're holding a candle. Somebody hands them a candle and they're singing part of the trust and love. And then they give it back to somebody else. And and they say, I'm sharing my love across the world. And they grab the, you know, grab the candle. And I'm trying to, it's, it's, um, you know, the song, song is so, is meant to raise the vibration and the understanding to a new level of life where I feel we are. I feel we're all in a, we're all elevating our minds in a new level of vibration of understanding. However, some of us are not really wanting to go there or fighting like Mr. Putin, you know, and, um, and that is, that is the message, you know, and I'm trying to just create an awareness. And this is my gift to the world, you know, the song and this, and we're going to connect with an organization and see how we can donate, you know, properly, see how we can build this. So it's going to take a minute, but I need help. I need help from, you know, like you and, yeah. and other people that believe in it. People need to believe in it also. It's, um, it's genuine. It's not fake. It's, um, it's from the heart. And what I'm saying is uh, pretty important. And I hope it catches on and people really feel the, um, the energy of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you have a good start and I hope that it continues to grow for you. Um, I, I am old enough to realize that I'm never going to hit anywhere close to the notes. So I'm not even going to try anymore when I sing along in my car, but I still, you know, I have the CD and no, go, got, go, man, never got, stop. Got never. the vinyl. So, uh, yeah, I'm all in. So, um, thank you. I, I think that's all I've got for you. So I appreciate you taking the time to do this and, um, uh, maybe I'll see you when you're in Columbus later this summer. My pleasure. I look all forward. Right. Yeah. Please come up and just, you know, connect with my tour manager. Love to say hello. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Take Bye-bye. Care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash dig me out and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages. Yeah.